This article comes out of Downtime Bros and was written by Sam Harvey. The Steam store is full of goofy video games with wacky titles and crazy price tags. Scroll far enough through the extensive catalogue of games and you'll probably find something titled Anime Laser Badonkers priced at $100. Nevertheless, Spooky Men, which formerly cost a conservative $100,000, has seemingly smashed all records with developer Bloody Bear pricing it at a totally reasonable $1 million on Steam for a brief period earlier this week. Spooky Men, which sees the player explore a haunted house while encountering scary males, asks, can you make it out alive? But the important question is, do you have the funds to make it to begin with? Apparently, some wealthy individuals do, and many of them have been left spooked to satisfaction. Um, I would like to say Bloody Bear has an absolute masterpiece on their hands, declared DC Fan 200 in their highly complimentary review. One player, Mr. Po- Mr. Plip Plot, said, I'm rich, which I suppose you have to be to enjoy the video game sensation that is Spooky Man. Unfortunately, some players weren't so happy with their pricey purchase. Steam user Sheens explained, I'm not recommending this game for one reason. There are no sexy girls. Fucking Christ, Steam. He also gave the developers some unsolicited but helpful advice. I think the developers should add girls into this game so it could be spooky men and sexy girls. So not women? Why girls? Because Steam, Mm. I guess. The official Steam description says that Spooky Men is a one to eight player co-op survival horror game. The aim to complete tasks and to exercise the malevolent demon. Apparently players have to use the wits they didn't have when they bought the game to distract the the ghost and survive (laughs) its attacks. If that description doesn't sell you in this masterpiece, nothing will. If you're brave enough to check out Spooky Men, you're in luck. Bloody Bear has reduced the price from $1 million to just $200. An absolute absolute phenomenal saving of $999,800. What a bargain. So, Andrew, you're clearly like... like Logging into Steam right now, so you can pick up Spooky Man. Yeah, it's it's discounted by nine hundred ninety eight, nine hundred ninety nine thousand eight hundred dollars. That's they're, they're clearly not telling us in Australian dollars because it's two hundred and eighty nine ninety five here. <gasps> so they're they're probably talking in in the um, freedom bucks, I guess. <laughs> um, but no, I was looking for like the the article called out anime laser badonkers, so I was looking for that, but that's not a thing yet. Um, keyword on that's yes. I I might I might need to change that. Go make that game. Um, the only other comment is why can't it be spooky women as well as spooky men? Like the guy just wanted to add sexy girls, so why can't it be spooky girls? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of question marks about that feedback. To be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. As in, why does the internet and Steam exist? Can we just burn it all down at this point? Nah, nah, just the general sort of language with men. And when you use men and then you say girls, but you're thinking of adult women in the like in the same sentence, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Very college guy language, isn't it? Yeah, it's an interesting sort of language that, that makes me a little uncomfortable. Now, I yeah, I'd be curious to work out sort of the age of the individual saying that. Because <laughs> oh, um, if they're older, that's that's a problem. 
Oh, you know they are. <laughs> you yeah, yeah. know they, they well, are. This is this, this is where I'm going. Then, you know that's you know. I'm not <laughs> saying it. You know, it's it's like the McDonald's debate all over again. I'm not saying it's it's you know 100 percent guaranteed, but it, it's certainly making me think. <laughs> this does remind me there were some games in the past that did crazy expensive collector's editions. I'm trying to like find them again because there's one that was like, oh, you get like a, a hut in the middle of nowhere or something. Um, apparently, there was like the Grid 2 Mono Edition for $188,000 because you get a, a, a supercar as well as the game. Oh. Mm. And it's just, why? I was checking out Moist Critical's video about this, and he had the question of if you play, like purchase this at a million dollars, right, and then you play it for less than two hours and you refund it, will Steam refund you the million dollars in Steam store credit at that point? I suppose, I mean, but they, but yeah, like, that's uh, how they do it. Right? Uh, who would be who would be insane enough to take that gamble? Apparently, the developer yeah. was in their Discord giving out keys, and that's how there's even any reviews to this. Yeah. But even if one person bought it at a hundred thousand or a million, they're doing all right. Definitely a publicity stunt, right? Like we're talking about it. it that's works. the thing. Yeah, the, this is the intention of what that is. They know it's ridiculous. They weren't expecting for someone to make a million dollars. It's just a troll thing. And now that it is a little bit more affordable, they're hoping that people will purchase it for clicks to talk about it in their podcasts or something which i'm not gonna do because i don't have that sort of money yeah because um, podcast doesn't make money you you tricky exactly. developer bloody bear you're not gonna trick us into talking about it on a podcast no way we're too smart for that you fools i mean i'm not talking I'm not talking about it on my podcast anyway <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> Until tomorrow when I'm stuck for a why is this a thing and I bring it up. (laughs) Hello and welcome to News to Reviews, your place to be for gaming news stories and also your place to be for impressions on the latest games coming out each and every week. My name is Zach and I'm here with my co-host, Lockie. Lockie, how's it going? Hello, hello. How are y'all doing? <laughs> good man, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good and I'm not going to lie, I've been a little bit, um, a little bit anxious this week. You know what I mean? It's been a weird, I've been doing a lot you know, of, of life maintenance shit over the last few weeks. And I've just felt a little bit... Oh my god, me too. I just renewed my private health. Yeah. I like I such d- an adult. My accountant was very mad with me. <laughs> my last financial year tax return. He's like, you're just wasting money at this point. And it's very frustrating. And I'm like, okay, I need to get my shit together. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Yeah, no, I've done my tax returns. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting fucking dental work done that I've needed to get done. Oh, and, and uh, on recently I found out through many uh, psychology sessions that I there's a big possibility that I may have ADHD. I've done a, a screener oh. and whatnot, and that's all sounded pretty, uh, like pretty, pretty positive. But the next step is to get the actual proper diagnosis. 
which I've found yep. is there's there's no way around that not being really expensive. Like it's looking, it's going to be like mm. minimum a grand, minimum. But like it, I, I probably want, would rather go somewhere that's better and pay a little bit more as well too, because it's you know pretty important. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it is your life. Yeah, if you genuinely have it, you want to get a proper treatment plan. Mm. There's something that can sort of help you. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I reached out to uh, uh, Ryan Betson from the uh, For the Players Pop Culturist, and uh, he, he's been very open about it on his podcast and his journey with all that. And he, he you know, gave some very helpful advice. So, looks like it's, it sounds like something that could be really helpful if I if I do do it. Like, especially you know, a lot of people. I think around our, our age deal with anxiety and whatever you can learn that can help navigate that can always be helpful. But Oh, yeah. yeah. All aboard the Zoloft train, choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's some kind of medication. Yeah. Let's go. And there's another reason why I'm saying let's go. <laughs> it's because we have a fantastic guest on to talk about a fantastic video game. We have once again, Andrew from the Inconsolables, a- a.k.a. Calgar. Let's go. How you doing, man? Where are we going? Uh, uh, I mean, hi. Got to do a podcast. <laughs> going places, apparently. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> yeah, good, good. I'm a little bit tipsy, I'm not going to lie, because I'm drinking doubles here with these G&Ts, and we, you know, we're starting way later on a Saturday night than I think what we intended to start, so I, I, I drank a bit before yeah. we even got to where we are right now. So this is going to be interesting to see how I drive this ship for this podcast. Yeah, my, my bad. Life, life stuff slowed us down a little bit. No, um, no sweat whatsoever, but, man. You know, it, it is what it is. And I mean, I've, I've got my meat, so, you know, I'll join you on the drunk train. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Let's go on the drunk train. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. You, <laughs> oh, you, you forced me to drink that gin whilst waiting. Yes, it is your fault. Yes, Andrew. 100%. <laughs> yeah, I called you. I said, look, if you're not drinking gin while I'm, I'm taking my wife to the to the train station, <laughs> then I am not doing this show. Get that gin into you. <laughs> oh, yes. And you know what, ev- what everyone should get into them? All the wonderful content yeah. that you create, Calgar. Where can they find I- it? Sure. Um, you can find it on the, the same place you're finding with the podcast, pretty much. So, our, our podcast is The Inconsolables. Basically, I consider us to be the weird uncle podcast to news reviews, um, <laughs> where, where we, do, we talk about we talk about similar stuff, but we're just a lot less organized. <laughs> so, yeah. That. Uh, you wouldn't have news to reviews if it weren't for The Inconsolables. Bloody been a fan of you guys for a long time and it's awesome that we get to podcast together all the time i fucking hell yeah but yeah you'll be able to find all of andrew's links in the description of the podcast down below as well as all of news to reviews links but if you really want to help out the inconsolables or you really want to help out news to reviews the best way that you can do it for free is by leaving us a rating or review wherever you happen to be listening to the podcast. It's the best way you can help us to get into the ears of more peeps. Only takes a sec. Do it while you're doing a poo. Once again, let's go. Multitasking. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of news to get to, so it's probably not a good week to be drinking as much as what I am. But fuck it, we're here. It's Saturday night. (laughs) uh, Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) 
This first story, <laughs> this uh, this has been uh, popping off on Twitter or X as it's called now. The internet's not happy, and I agree with the internet. They're right on this the one. The internet's so, never happy though. Now, you know, people who who are fans of the show will remember a few, two or three weeks back, we talked about how there was a leak about Red Dead Redemption. So there was I think it was like ah. rated in Korea or something like that. So you know there was speculation, oh this means we might be getting a Red Dead Redemption remaster. People who wanted to play it who don't still own a PS3 or don't own an Xbox have no way to play it right now because it was on the PS3, which is completely different architecture to the PS4. And me being one of those people, I was I fucking love Red Red Dead Redemption. It's one of my favorite games of all time. So the prospect of getting a remaster got me super, super excited. Now, (laughs) we finally have an an announcement of what we do have. Red Dead Redemption is coming to Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 17th of August this year. So this week, by the time this episode comes out, just during the week this week, this will be digital only with physical copies arriving 13th of October. This will be a port only, but will include Undead Nightmare. It is not coming to PC, and it's going to be selling for $50 US and currently looking $50 at... $50 dollars to buy. <laughs> well, $69.95 dollars in AU currency. So right now, is it available on the Microsoft Store for $49.95 if you want to pick it up backwards compatible through Microsoft. <sighs> Andrew, yeah, I mean, like, or if you have a PC, like, you could just play it. Well, no, it's not on PC. That's one of the things. It's not on PC. Was Red Dead Redemption initially on PC? Or? Never came to PC. It's always been a point of contention. Oh my god! Yeah, I've got like I'm having what do you call that? The um, oh, man- Mandela effect. That's it. Yeah, I'm having yeah. serious that at the moment where I, I could have sworn it was on the PC in my library and I could just go in there and install it. I mean, something, something emulator, but <laughs> yeah, let's well. not get too far down I- into that. Um, yeah. Andrew, what do you think of Rockstar charging $50 US, $69.95 for a port of a 13-year-old game? Well, now we know how they're funding GTA 6 without crunching, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope they're not crunching. Fuck. I mean, they said they weren't, and therefore it was going to be about 400 years down the line. Um, <laughs> they this have was so a much game- fucking money from the GTA 5 sales and the online <laughs> yeah. store sales. They have so much money, there would be no reason. It just they prints do- money. That's a good point, um, yeah. yeah. Grand Theft Auto 5 has made more money than any other single media property of all time. It's so the it's most successful much. online casino globally. <laughs> like, it's fucking insane how much revenue it makes. They don't need to scrounge for these little side things. It's bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, um, I mean, to, to, to bring it back to, like, the actual topic, though, I mean, I will point out that this is a game that I never played the first time around, and I 
didn't get much enjoyment out of Red Dead Redemption 2. I realize I'm in the absolute minority of that. No, no, I'm like, with you there. I'm with I you. I borrowed it from a friend for uh, and then played it for like two hours and then returned it and gone, this game doesn't respect my time. I'm not playing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it it's very laborious in its physical movements. Everything feels yeah. like you have arthritis, really bad yes, arthritis. Yes, yes. We, we were talking before about how The Last of Us Part 2 makes you feel like you have knee pain. Red Dead Redemption 2 certainly yeah. is the same. Yeah, 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 that's Red Dead One was way better mechanically for that reason. That's why I, I I played Red Dead One beginning to end. I could not get through Red Dead Two. It was a gorgeous game, beautiful. I just ugh. yeah. At some point, I'm going to do the YouTube watch of Red Dead Two, but um, yeah. So it's one that doesn't directly affect me, but also just seeing the it's a port, yeah. and you're charging that much for it. I mean, mm. porting games isn't the most glamorous work and it's not necessarily the most easy work particularly if you're porting from something with weird architecture like the ps3 to anything else but at the same point like it's a game that's that that is that old you kind of need to balance it and they've really kind of tried to i think they're trying to get more of a profit than a break even Mm. like i feel like a port of something like this in general, should be more of a goodwill-generating kind of get positive press on your company and just kind of break-even point rather than trying to make a profit off it. I think here they're really trying to push the, no, I need monies. Well, yeah, Mm. considering what happened with the GTA trilogy just last year... That was oh, a port as that. well too, yeah. and that was a total disaster. They need all the goodwill they could possibly get. They haven't oh. released anything decent mm. since Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah, this this is a total fucking joke. Uh, yeah, Lockie, what do you think of them charging fifty dollars yeah. or seventy dollars Oz for a port? Yeah, look, I I think it's it's a shame how their company operates because they clearly can make quality products. I, look, I don't know if any more. It's kind of like, you know, is the Bethesda of now anything close to the Bethesda of a thousand years ago when they actually did non-online based The Elder Scrolls? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, stay tuned for Starfield next month, I guess. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of like that with Rockstar. They're very much a money-making machine. They don't... What I find in in all these video game companies, which is a bit of a shame, is that they never put that money back out into sort of the community and do like and give content the community actually wants that has, you know, resulted in their enormous wealth and fortune. It's just money that's absorbed by their shareholders and that's it. Gone. Next product. And then they just do the same bullshit over and over again with these terrible, terrible releases. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I blame GTA Five. Like the the GTA Online was just so lucrative for them. That's just all they cared about. GTA Four had really fantastic single player DLC expansions that were mm. great. Ballad of Gay Tony, so much fun. Absolutely dug it. Even Red Dead Redemption that had uh, Undead Nightmare, which is going to be included in this port. Uh, that was such a good DLC. They used to do really, really good single-player DLC. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is just... F- for me, someone who would have been really excited to get a remaster of this would probably have paid 70 Australian for a remaster, even though I still think even for a remaster of a 13-year-old game, that's a, a bit steep. Yeah, it, it just feels like an absolute slap in the face. Like, this is going to run at 30 frames per second, whereas it runs at 60 if you're playing at backwards compatibility 
with the <laughs> Xbox Series S. So we're getting a worse yeah, version so than a cheaper yeah. version that's available on the Microsoft Store. And not to mention, like literally like a week ago, apparently it was $10 on the Microsoft Store because it comes down really cheap on special because it's a 13-year-old video game. So we're mm, getting something that yep. uh, Aaron, shout out to Aaron, said that he's seen it mm. for $8 on special before. And we're getting charged this much for it. It is absolutely disgusting. Now, the, the IGN spoke to Strauss Zelnick, the CEO of Take-Two, uh, Rockstar's parent company. This uh, excerpt comes out of an article from IGN written by Rebecca Valentine and Alex Stedman. This is a quote from Strauss Zelnick in reference to the price of the Red Dead Redemption port. That's just what we believe is the commercially accurate price for it, Zelnick responded. Take- oh, my God. Why is he even speaking? It's like, like- he's literally just saying that's because that's what the price is. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The world <laughs> understands how money works, fuckwit. It's not about that. Oh, my God. Take- this is terrible. <laughs> take take two EVP. This is terrible spokespersoning for a company. Don't even speak. A non-response would do much better. Oh, my God. Take two's EVP of finance, Hannah well, Sage. Oh, we like money. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> also pointed out that the port isn't just the Red Dead base game, but also Undead Nightmare. When asked if Undead Nightmare was the reason for its $50 price, Zelnick said the add-on was a great standalone game in its own right when it was originally released. So we feel like it's a great bundle for the first time and certainly a great value for customers, which is a bit, like, deceiving because I guess technically you could buy Undead Nightmare standalone, so technically, in a way, it was a standalone game, but it was a DLC. It was an expansion. It was the same map of Red Dead Redemption, so it's technically an expansion. Anyway, IGN did ask him about a potential PC release, but Zelnick left it vague, saying he leaves game releases announcements up to the developers. Now... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, speaking at a Morgan Stanley speaking event yeah. in March 2021, oh, this dear. is what Strauss Zelnick had to say when it comes to ports and remasters. So he said, I'm not sure they'll be a bigger part of the strategy. Remastering has always been a part of the strategy. What we've done differently than the competition is we don't just port titles over. We actually <laughs> take the time to do the very best job we can do, making the title Importing different them over. for the new release, for the new technology that we're launching it on. Now, just to be aware, this is coming to PS4 and will be backwards compatible available on PS5, but there's no PS5 version coming. Oh, my God. Okay, so it's a port. So he's, he's actively said that we remaster, we don't port. And yeah. then this is in 2021. So few, when it was yeah. helpful uh, for him to say this, yes. Yeah. <laughs> when the console oh, okay, just come out. Okay, because your, your doc says 2023. Yeah, so I like, fucked oh, up the doc. But, but, yeah, but, okay, typo. but okay. now yeah. what he's saying in 2023 is in, in reference to why it's not a port. Uh, not a remaster he said it depends on the vision that the creative teams have for a title and in the absence of having a powerful vision for something that we would do with the title we might bring it in its original form we've done that in certain instances we might remaster or remake so it really depends on the title and how the label feels about it the platform 
and what we think the opportunity is for the consumers. So it's such a nothing. It's such a nothing response. Well, he's blaming like, the I developers. He... He's saying, "Oh, it's Rockstar's fault. You're not getting a remaster." Like, fuck you, Strauss Zelnick. You I know. Own he's like them. saying, "Oh, if we don't have any creative direction for it, like it boils down to creative direction. You don't need creative direction for a remaster." You don't. You need you need textures. <laughs> you need people that know how to do texture redesign in 4K. That's all you need. I wonder if the um, if the original textures weren't that high res and that they can't really get away with an upscale and they yeah. don't want to have to remake the entire thing from the ground up. Like there might actually be a technical reason behind yeah. it, which there might be, but they can afford it. And let's be honest, sure. like that would still be way cheaper to produce than than making a brand new game with voice actors, writing, new game design from scratch. Mm. Like, but that, also just tell a- the truth, right? Like yeah, just they, say we like can't they, we, we can't do an upscale version because we don't have the high res textures. Sorry, you're getting a port, and then price it accordingly. Like, you know, that's I feel like that's going to go a longer way than, oh, no, this was the strategy all along. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If they just said, look, we're greedy assholes and he's a port and we know you'll pay for it, I would I'd at respect least respect that almost. I'd respect their honesty. I think that's half the problem with the industry, right? Is that it's all dishonest. But if you're going to tell us that, like, you know, at least at least take us out to dinner before you fuck us, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Be, be forthright with what you're doing and then maybe, like, at least know what I'm getting into. It, it's uh, it's just disappointing to hear about this shit, like, especially when, when I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3 and I'm just seeing, like, a company do the opposite of that in terms of, like, just so much content and it's just so generous in terms of what's in there. I don't even think I'd ever have enough time to play and explore every corner of this game design. And then we have just the absolute um, opposite going on where they're trying to, they're trying to trot out a 13 year old game. They're not going to make any changes to it. And they're going to basically up the asking price for it that it's been selling for on its current platform. So that's pretty. It's rough. Well, yeah, it's pretty shameful. Like, if if that were a store in real life, I would think to myself, oh, I'd never go buy from that store. I'd go buy from the other store because this store is is shit and not worth my time. And you know what, too? Like, all they would have needed to have done with this is a remaster. This game still looks great. It's like, a, it's a really good looking game. It's just, you know, it's 13 years old now, so it just doesn't quite hold up to scratch. But... Like, that's another thing. It's it, it, This game's a masterpiece. It's such an insult to this title. It's one of my favourite games of all time. You know, if if they're going to, like, do table tennis, Rockstar table tennis, which they've got a table tennis game on on PS4, like, you know, whatever, just port that. But if a fucking game as good as Red Dead Redemption, show it a little bit of respect and give it a remaster. Like, we should be able to play this at 4K60, you know, extra options and whatnot including all the dlc oh, very disappointing yeah like honestly i think it's less the issue is less that it's a port it's more that they're charging remaster slash remake prices for a port yeah 100 percent. like I, I like just just it being a port cool chuck has said 30 bucks at most i'd be happy with 2025 cool yeah yeah but they're also not on PC, so it's I, what an insult to pc players it's coming to fucking switch first are you kidding me? <laughs> the Switch. What? That's all right. We'll just pirate. Oh, what a slap in the face. <laughs> something, <bro>. something emulator. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not giving Rockstar any of my money. 
current rock star yeah. can eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm I'm I haven't bought a Rockstar game since the first launch of GTA Five about what four hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, like I didn't. I, I borrowed Red Dead 2, as I mentioned, and, you know, decided not to buy it because I just didn't care enough, and I'm not that interested in GTA 6, so, like, they really are just one of those companies that don't really align with my um, interests anyway, oh. so it's kind of, I'm kind of a little bit on the outside of this one, but also just as, as a, you know, person who pays attention to the game industry and has interest in this shit, like... Why? Oh, yeah, I do, just don't do like better. that on a yearly basis. They they say to their public, you know, basically fuck you and expect you to give them money. Oh, so I I just don't. Yeah, I don't like them very much. Their their yeah. practices at the moment are quite scummy. You know who says fuck you and expects you expects you to give them money? Nintendo. Me. Constantly, oh. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all right, and they've yep. got another fuck you for everyone. This comes out of my Nintendo news. Was written by Aiden. Didn't have a last name on there. I guess they're like share. You know, they just go by Aiden. Oh. Nintendo <laughs> has undertaken a notable patent registration spree, submitting more than thirty patents related to its recent release, The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, from July tenth to August fourth. Nintendo made public a total of thirty. 32 patents, with 31 of them specifically tied to Tears of the Kingdom. While it's not unusual for Nintendo to assert its intellectual property rights, the sheer number of patents and the specific aspects the company is seeking to patent have captured attention. Among elements Nintendo is seeking to patent are Link's Ultra Hand and Fuse abilities, various game mechanics, non-playable character NPC abilities, and even loading screens. Technical elements <laughs> enabling Link to interact with the game world, such as standing on... Just the concept of loading screen. <laughs> Technical... Wow. Technical elements enabling Link to interact with the game world, such as standing on moving objects or gripping onto ledges, are also included. The significant l- significance mm. lies in Nintendo's desire to secure these mechanics for potential future iterations of the Zelda series and other games. Locky Nintendo, just, you know, doing what any normal moral company would do and just protecting their intellectual property yeah. rights what do you think they're just trying to protect their here? financial interests they're, they're tr- definitely not trying to ensure that there's absolutely no competition <laughs> of any sort of clones that's, that's certainly the furthest thing from their mind they're just thinking about how they can protect their family <laughs> <sighs> like Christ. we saw immortals um, phoenix rising we're not having that happen again yeah yeah um, I, I think it's, look, yeah, I, I don't like it, but I guess it's something that exists and we just have to deal with it. I genuinely hope it doesn't prevent, um, gen- like actual quality competing games come up. Um, I like, I would love some more Zelda clones. I would love for some other game companies to take a crack at that sort of style, mm. you know, yeah. like. Dark Souls. Imagine if, you know, Dark Souls, for example, basically had patents on all of their Dark Soul-ish categories and an entire video game genre was sealed away from any sort of competition. On the one hand, we wouldn't have Lords of the Fallen. 
That's uh, true. That's true. So on, maybe we would be better. But on the other hand, we wouldn't have the other Lords of the Fallen that's coming out later this year. That might be okay. This is um, the thing. We we might be better. We might have been better off in the overall run. But the principle there is that I still want to give those other creators and competitors a shot. Nintendo already has way too much power. We might not have had Jedi Fallen Order. That would have fucking sucked. Because yeah. that was, you know, Sekiro with with a Star oh. Wars skin. Oh, there you go. Oh. Yeah. And then you look at other, like, and I mean, you look at something like Remnant, and I'll talk a bit more about Remnant later, right? Because that mm. has some Dark Souls-isms to it, but, you know, it's a very different setting and it's got guns, but it's got the concept of, oh, enemies respawn when you rest at a checkpoint and blah blah de blah mm. and, you know... But also, like, what exactly are they patching it? Like, the, the what, Link's crazy arms? So they're... But, like, how general does that go? The concept of a character having uh, an arm that isn't yeah. normal? Because plenty of games did that before that. Yeah, all, all like, of Japan. All of Japan's content. I mean, that's that's all of it. All of your protagonists uh, all have crazy arms. Yeah, like, like Sekiro, um, Devil May Cry 4 onwards with Nero and his demon arm. Um, fucking Astro fucking, Boy. Um, Astro- yeah, I'm like I'm, like I'm missing a million, of course. I'm just everyone. picking what comes just, to mind just, first. Just pick a, a Japanese male character, and there's something going on with his arm. Yeah, and then you look at something like the fusibility. Okay, so you're patenting super glue in video games because, like, you just stick shit to each other, right? As far as I look, I haven't played it. I'll admit, I haven't played it. I'm not yeah, going you're to, right. But you're just sticking stuff yeah, to each other, right? Which it's I would glue. think that Katamari Damacy would already have, like a. Yeah, yeah, if they could have a patent on it, I think it would go to them, right? Fuck, I need a new Katamari game. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, also just think about, like, I mean, shortly after Breath of the Wild came out, we had, what, Genshin Impact and um, and Immortals Phoenix Rising, right? So Genshin Impact, you know, okay, it's waifu wars or whatever, but you've got very open world and lots of the climbing and all that kind of stuff. And people were calling it, like, waifu-based um, Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even, I was calling it Breath of the Waifu. I genuinely don't know how <laughs> effective they would be going after a game that has some elements of, you know, basically an open world 3D action adventure game. Like, because we're, we're really getting into the fundamentals of, like, you know, platforming. Um, the fusibility, it's interesting, but I don't think it's the first iteration of it. That's that's the thing. No it, it's it's not just yeah. about what they're patenting. It's also about whether or not they can even defend this in court. Because we have seen situations yeah, yeah. where where developers have done this. So I know Bandai Namco. They're the only developers who are allowed to have mini games in their loading screens because they patented that oh, and they've yeah. gone after other devs for doing Holy it. Shit. That is why there's no games other than Bandai Namco games that have mini games in loading screens. What a scummy fucking It really practice. sucks. Uh, you saw Warner Brothers Montreal do it with, or just Warner Brothers in general do it with 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 uh, the Nemesis system and we haven't seen yeah. any other games yeah. employ the Nemesis system as of yet. Um, so it really depends on what it is. Apparently the loading screen thing they were talking about in this article was uh, in Tears of the Kingdom. If you fast travel, you'll see a map location with Link on it and then it will show you where Link warps to on the map and where, where you're landing as well. So that's the specific wow. thing they're talking about with this. That AEW Fight Forever does that. Well, there you go. So <laughs> you, get, you, get, you get on a plane, it shows the plane fight. Fuck, you had that in Street Fighter 2 back on like <laughs> Super Nintendo where when you f- finish a fight, you'd have a little plane and it would fly over to the location where your next fight yeah. is. Fucking 
How bizarre. Look, it, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. For, for me, I, I understand intellectual property when it comes to a character or a story. You know what I mean? Like, sure, you can't just have Mickey Mouse in a R18 fucking shooter or whatever. Like, a Well, actually, Steamboat Mickey's coming off the well, market true, soon. True, true. So, yes, I guess in a way so you, you can. So, you might get the steamy dreamboat, Mickey. <laughs> you, there you, you, might, you might get spooky. You might get spooky Mickey in, in a $300 game, yeah. <laughs> Mickey will finally represent the itchy and scratchy imitation of Steamboat Mickey or whatever now. We'll get the, Maybe we'll get, we'll the get a horror on. movie with Steamboat. <laughs> Maybe we'll get, we'll get the horror movie Winnie the Pooh versus Steamboat Mickey. <laughs> Dreamboat Sticky. <laughs> Dreamboat Sticky. There we go. I don't <laughs> like the implications of that. Oh, dear. Episode title? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I... I, I don't mind IPs, but when it comes to game mechanics, I fucking hate that because it just stifles creativity in the gaming space. It, because of Bandai Namco, we don't get to have little mini games to keep us entertained while we're watching loading screens. Now, modern consoles and PCs with SSDs don't have as long as loading screens, but I'm sure maybe one stage in the future we're going to be stuck with loading screens again. So, fuck, you know, I want some something to do. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't like it. Um, I think I I prefer I prefer you know competition within the markets. Mm. It keeps everyone honest. Otherwise, you just end up getting you know whatever bullshit Rockstar is doing <laughs> for the last couple of years. And not to mention Nintendo's litigious as fuck. They fucking sue anyone. Yeah, who they do. Yeah, sneezes with an Italian accent. It's bullshit. Hey, <laughs> they've copyrighted all of Italy. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, seems legit, but um, I don't know if you've seen this, but have either of you looked at Pokemon Sleep? Oh, bro, I've been experiencing Pokemon Sleep. Let's go. Yeah, because I've, I've been using, you know, I've been, I've been quote-unquote playing, I guess, it's not a game, but like, you know, <laughs> the thing is, when it first came out, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Lante, uh, you know, my podcast co-host, pointed out something very important, that is, the professor in that game basically looks like me if I put on 10 kilos and oh. had a shorter beard. I'm opening the app right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at Professor Neroli, and his name isn't too different from my surname either. Oh, shit. So, what uh, the fuck? I, I didn't even know. Yeah, like, look at him. Dude, it's <laughs> like that Black Mirror episode. Um, yeah, you're, yeah. you're, they've stolen your likeness and your life. You should sue them. Yeah, and they're going to, well, the, pro- <laughs> well, the problem is, they will shit, sue you're me. Right. Oh my God. And win. Because they have the money to sue me and win for having my own likeness. Holy shit, I'm, that's crazy. I have. There are concerns here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, L- Lockie, I'll find a picture of it for you. I, I, I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking at it. <laughs> that's amazing. Like, like honestly, add, add a bit of bulk to me and get rid of and make my beard significantly shorter. And it's just like, oh dear oh, God, it's Neroli as well. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, they, I think you got yeah, a solid like the- case here, Andrew. I really think you should consider legal action against Nintendo. <laughs> no, they will win. They have the money to throw <laughs> at lawyers. That's the problem. Then yeah. I won't get to use my own birth name. Oh, well, you know when there are no winners, Andrew, when games get delayed. Actually, no, that's a lie because there are winners. That's and a lie. it's the developers because they get more time to make the game. So, I, I just lied in that segue. Apologies. Not always. If he segue, because it was a lie. 
but <laughs> I'll say as a developer I've had stuff I've had to make delayed and that hasn't made me win I've had to crunch for longer the, oh yeah god yeah no, <laughs> terrible segue doesn't always work but look De- Devolver had an event right but it wasn't your typical event this one was called Devolver Delayed and it was just a three minute <laughs> video where they announced a bunch of delays <laughs> so uh, a bunch of games that these were meant all meant to be coming out in 2023 are now going to be coming out in 2024 uh, the Plucky Squire, Stick It to the Stick Man, Angerfoot, Pepper Grinder, Skate Story as well. All delayed till 2024. Andrew, any of these delays cause you to shed a tear? Uh, I'm not sure what any of these are. I remember playing the demo for Angerfoot and not being particularly impressed, so maybe a delay would serve it. Um, okay. Skate Story sounds like something that would in- in- interest me, so I'll keep an eye on that, but Honestly, I've had my eyes on completely other stuff. So, I mean, if they come out and are better for it, then great. Mm. Well, before you you jump in, Lockie, I'll I'll, I'll mention the the Plucky Squire. That's the one that's been shown off a few times. I think a lot of PlayStation events, every Devolver event, it's the one that's the blend of two mm. D side scrolling and three D as well too. Looks super, super yeah. cool. Disappointed that one's getting delayed. Yeah. Uh, is that the yeah. one? That's the only one that stuck out yeah. with me as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Figured. Um, but look, of course, you know, we're all about looking after the devs here at News to Reviews. If you need a delay, delay. That's totally fine. And uh, yeah. You need to take a break. Take a break. I'm a million percent for looking after devs. I mean, I mean, full disclosure, I'm a software developer for my day job so yes please look after me um <laughs> like you know there's some self-interest there but also it means like i know what it's like trying to like crunch your way and um you know co- figure out all the bugs last minute and um speaking of bugs like if you mind me bringing up another delay because that was recent that you don't have in your document here yeah um but uh wrestle quest got delayed as well so that was meant to come out this week uh, it's a turn-based RPG with a pro wrestling theme, so I do have some interest in that because I'm a pro wrestling nerd. Um, but yeah, it was meant to come out. They announced the the delay three hours before it was going to launch because at that point, the devs actually discovered a game-breaking bug mm. and that bug would actually... Um, it was possible for players to lose their save files and they're just like, we can't launch with this bug and we have discovered it three hours before launch. I'm sorry, we're delaying it. Fuck. So, um... That's pretty good. I, I actually think that's really... That's a really, you know, great move for consumers because it's the worst thing in the world to release a game that's just absolutely unplayable. Um, I don't think... I, I, I always wonder when you get shit like Golem on release. Although, you know what? Golem has a lot more problems than just a few bugs. You've got like, a big patch lately. We don't know yes. how, much it's un- yeah. un- how much it's been unfucked. I don't oh, know. Maybe it's like Cyberpunk, which I also won't play. You know? Who knows? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. wait till I find a super cheap copy before I try it. I, I, I have that. <laughs> I do have that. Um, the, game, the game was fundamentally, like, it was ill-conceived. Well, yes, but also if I can There's... pick it up for five bucks and find out what the fuck, then great. <laughs> <laughs> but not until it reaches I, that point. I'm curious, but I just am not holding my breath that there's any patch in the world that would be able to turn that game around. No, I agree. I just want to I want to experience how bad it is, but I'm not paying more than five <laughs> bucks to do so. They'd need to patch, <laughs> like, a new game into the existing game. For exactly, it to fix what yeah. They'd need to just do a then. new game. 
And at that point, just call it a new game. If I pick it up for five bucks, put it into my PS5, and it patches, and then I play, and it's just the Lord of the Rings, the two towers, back from PS2, oh, yes. I will be happy. <laughs> yes! And oh, it's just like, we real, and the patch notes are just like, we done fucked up, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, you know what isn't a fuck There's up? There's a game that needs a remaster. Like, What's can, that? Give me the two towers game. Oh, fucking hell. I love that game. That was the first game that I played using an analog stick. Before that, I was all D-pad. Here you go. Fancy. Yep. Let's go. You know what else is fancy? A new South Park game. <laughs> yeah, let's oh, go. I right. sent the trailer earlier. It's, only go- it's like a reveal trailer. It only goes for a minute, so check that out if you can lads uh it was at the thq nordic had an event which is weird because i thought i guess thq nordic is owned by embracer because they were thq or something I, i don't fucking know what's happening anyway they had an event where they announced a new south park game it's south park snow day it's a 3d 3d game that's four person co op and it in my opinion it looks like they only show like 10 seconds of really cut cut up gameplay mm. but it looks like a top down hack and slash dungeon crawler I think no. um, where okay. maybe they okay. like sort of move the camera in for certain moments where things get a bit more cinematic and it's coming in 2024 to every single platform uh, new South Park game Snow Day Snow Day. They, normally they have really fun titles this isn't fun this is kind of terrible it's why, I, why well i mean did you watch the trailer because i just did yeah the concept appears to be that it's a snow day so they got a day off school so they're all just killing each other in the snow i know but like they could have come yeah they could uh, yeah couldn't have come up with something more fun the sick of truth the kick in the balls whatever the other one's called i can't remember yeah. fractured but, butthole uh, yeah that's fractured the one. butthole that's the yeah one. see <laughs> and then snow days yeah i don't know Something's not right. <laughs> Snowballing day. I was a huge fan of the uh, uh, Stick of Truth and Fractured Butthole South Park RPGs. They, for me, they were just 12-hour-long South Park episodes, but with, I thought, a actual better jokes and a better story than what recent South Park episodes have been and Matt and Trey apparently were super the, the creators of South Park obviously super hands on with the development of the game and that's why they, they both of those games got delayed a lot they do all the voices so you're getting the original voices from the show super super cool a 3D South Park game I don't really understand why you would do that because it just the, you already have the aesthetic of the show down pat those PS3 and PS4 games just look like the mm. actual cartoon. Why you do 3D, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but they've also been real hands-on with the, all the games that have come out with South Park, with using the South Park IP. So hopefully they've sort of kept track of it and made sure that it's quality, but nothing about this trailer has really said that to me at all i don't know do you have any hopes i haven't for even it, said i haven't even seen i haven't even seen the trailer but the title alone <laughs> seems underwritten like and it's very off-brand i don't think yeah i don't think this is 
doesn't sound like they give a fuck. Okay, Calgo, are you a South Park fan? Do you, do you find this interesting I've, at all? I've never been huge on South Park. I've only seen a few episodes that were just, like, specifically pointed out to me as, like, hey, you should see this one because it's relevant to you. So the, the World of Warcraft episode, uh, the gluten-free episode, because I'm gluten-free for <laughs> allergy reasons. Um, and I think I saw there was a... Re- um, and I think just uh, my ex and I were watching some just mindless at one point, and we were watching it, and I saw the um, episode where... Um, the Chinese restaurant guy was building a building a, a wall around South Park because reasons. Because they're like, "Oh yeah, you're Chinese, you can build a wall." I'm like, "Yeah, well." Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, it was that was old South Park, and I found that yeah. funnier than I should have. Um, <laughs> I've grown up since then. Um, but yeah, so I, I played Sick of Truth. I didn't play Fractured Butthole. I didn't finish Sick of Truth. I just kind of I, I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. So. Eh, if the game's good, then great. Like, I'm always down for a new top-down hack and slash game, uh, but also the Path of Exile two coming out next year. Yeah, and that's if it is that kind of game too. I was, <laughs> yeah, as I said, top. I'm basing it off ten seconds of cut to shit gameplay. It could be something totally uh, different. I, yeah. I just saw the trailer, and those graphics are just giving me flashbacks <laughs> to the 3D um, shooter game that South Park gave us yep. in the early 2000s, and yep. that was a huge turd. I think it and, might have even yeah. been the 90s. You mean the Nintendo 64 one where it was like you're fighting turkeys or something? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, was that 90s? That's how old it is. Well, I'm guessing, yeah. Well, N64 was the 90s, right? I think GameCube was the oh. 2000s. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that that's not visually what you want to, um, yeah, you want to bring about. Yeah, no, this entire thing sounds ill-conceived. I think they're trying to go for a bit of... I think they're trying to make it appeal more to children. It seems like it's more like Fortnite-y it's- type ter- territory, but... What? Yeah, Snow Day. Fortnite, Snow Day. So that, like, you know, like, like sort of day, day language that they, God, it's so lazy. <laughs> it's so fucking lazy. I feel like this entire gaming concept was written by an AI. The, the other two South Park games, like the RPGs, were they THQ? I feel like they, they were, uh, I believe, Ubisoft. Uh, they, THQ maybe they published, Obsidian. but Ubi- Ubisoft. Obsidian did the Obsidian? Stick of Truth. Jeez. And then Ubisoft yeah, okay. did Fractured Butthole, but I think Ubisoft published Stick of Truth or something. Um, I'm going to have yeah. to go back and finish Sick of Truth. That's like the only Obsidian game I've bought that I haven't finished. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> there you go. Um Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I, I looked into the developers too. They're called Question Games. The last game <laughs> they released came out back oh in God. 2015. And it looked like a pretty cool game, but this developer hasn't released a game in eight years. I don't think they've been working on this game for eight years. What have they been doing the whole time? There's no Wikipedia page. They've only had one other game in total. It sounds like they're a small studio too, though I can't find any oh word God, on Oh, God, it's Gollum all over again. <laughs> hey, but at least with Gollum, I'd heard of Deponia. Like, it's a game up. you know, I might even own a copy of that. But, like, I'd heard of that, something they'd done before, you know. Look, this is coming to Switch. It's going to all platforms, which is making me think maybe it could be, could be trash. I hope... Matt and Trey haven't sold out and are just like, yeah, fuck it, let's just get South Park it, on everything. But I, it's definitely trash. 
<laughs> it's definitely Brutal. there is no I have no doubt. <laughs> well Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I'm glad I will gladly take the L. I would love for there to be quality games, you know, pumped out into the world, but that is not what I see here. Well, you know what I hope isn't trash, Lockie? The games coming up in the next week, we have Everspace 2 coming August 15th to PS5 and Xbox Series X. Also, August 15th, we have Hammerwatch 2 coming to P- uh, to everything except for PC, which is coming later, which is fucking weird. Madden NFL 24 is also coming August 15th. Uh, the deluxe edition only, <laughs> the actual games coming out August 18th. Moving Out 2 comes out also August 15th to all platforms. I'm pretty sure it's Aussie dev team for Moving Out. So, and I've heard good buzz about it, so maybe one to check out. Red Dead Redemption <laughs> is coming to PS4 and Nintendo Switch August 17th. Shabo, G- Sh- Shabo. Shadow Gambit colon the cursed crew is coming to ps5 xbox series x and pc also august 17th vampire survivors is coming to switch august 17th and the texas chainsaw massacre is coming to everything except for nintendo switch august 18th andrew any of those titles stand out to you there is one that interests me. The thing is, usually there's something, like on, on your normal episodes, there's usually something that you make fun of off the title. I'm like, I recognise that title, what the fuck? And I'm like <laughs> screaming at you through my AirPods. Um, but but I'm just like, oh, there doesn't seem to be one like this. And then you mentioned Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew, which is one that, um, that a, f- a friend of ours, Lee, has posted in my Discord in the past. And it's like a sort of, it's a ta- top-down tactics-based strategy game kind of heavily based on stealth as well and entirely pirate themed and I don't have a lot more info than that other than like the trailer like if you get one of the detailed trailers it shows kind of the stuff you can do it really is kind of seems fairly deep in terms of tactics so I have some interest in that obviously I won't pick it up on day one because I have other things that are in a similar vein that's going to take me a long time to get through but like it's it's on my radar, so not immediate, but somewhere down the line, I'll probably pick that up. Okay, any of those games on your radar, Lockie? I was interested in Shadow Gambit, and <laughs> I was watching the I was watching the trailer for that one. I can't remember any of the others because that's how poor my memory is. So nothing to remember. I man. guess not. <laughs> Hammer Watch Two. I don't know. I googled that because nah. it sounded vaguely familiar, and it's just nah, like, yeah, that sounds. Is it Overwatch that with shit. hammers? No, yeah. it's a pixelated, quote unquote, pixelated hack and slash action RPG set in medieval times. Hmm. And it looks oh, like okay. a well, top-down that, that thing. sounds so. You know, on on paper, that sounds good. The graphics look kind of like looking at screenshots and stuff. It looks a little bit well. It's very odd, sort of eight bitty. I don't know what the gameplay is like at all. But I mean, they say hack and slash, so maybe it's Diablo. Ish. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Maybe, maybe, maybe give it a look. Apparently, there's a st- uh, according to this article I found, it's got a Steam demo. So, yeah, I don't know if that's still up. But look, I, I think for me, one of the things I'll, I'll want to say is please don't 
buy the Red Dead Redemption port. <laughs> Vote with your wallet, people. If it pisses you off oh. that Rockstar did this, don't buy it. It's a moot point. Nah, people are going to fucking buy let it. people do what they want. Look, people are going to buy do it. What Whatever. It's, it's Red Dead Redemption. It's one of the best games ever made. People are going to fucking buy it, so whatever. But yeah, check out Moving Out 2. Uh, Moving Out 1 was a fun co-op sort of uh, indie game. Kind of like, a, I'd say, uh, Overcooked kind of kind of style, where it's just like sort of fun, wacky stuff that you're playing with, with a friend. Um, and Vampire Survivors is coming to Nintendo Switch. Vampire Survivors is a fucking no-brainer. If you haven't already played it on Steam or your fucking phone or <laughs> PlayStation or everywhere Everyone's else. Everyone's played it by now. <laughs> like, it's been on your phone. Exactly. It's, you yeah. guys have phones, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I will just update Hamwatch 2 does no longer has a demo. It was one of those timed ones at the Steam Next Fest. Um, oh, but okay. I have I have wishlisted it because it does look very much just old pixely, either Diablo-y or maybe Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, where it's very much a hack. Yeah, like just kill things. I, I, and I like those types like, of games, so yeah, I'm kind of I'll keep an eye out on yeah, that one. If it turns out like being a sleeping giant, like it's very much to to me to me the name the, the developer name being Crack Shell is very um, apt because just inject that shit into my veins. <laughs> well, you know you know what you can inject into my veins a brief break, <laughs> and then we'll jump sure. back on in. That's wonderful <laughs> with the games that we've been playing. It's delightful. <laughs> Andrew, you are our guest. It is tradition on news to reviews for our guest to get us kicked off with impressions. What have you been playing this week, my friend? I've been playing a game called Remnant 2. Mm. And I'm 100% mm. letting the air out of the tyres because I we will talk about Baldur's Gate, but I do want to talk about <laughs> oh. Remnant briefly. Um, so Remnant 2 is a game I've been playing when I've not been playing Baldur's Gate. Um, and, it was a, and it was a calculated move because I, it was something that I needed as a... I knew that I would get... I would need breaks from strategy time, role-playing time, turn-based time. So I'm like, okay, what game can I get that I haven't played before that is the most different from that possible? Now, Remnant 2 has been described as Dark Souls with guns. Remnant 1 has also been described as Dark Souls with guns. They're not too far off. Remnant 2 is fucking brilliant. Um, so, you're, it's a third-person shooter. You're in... Um, it's very much multiverse, you're crossing worlds, but you kind of start on Earth. Um, post-apocalyptic the first game if, if you haven't played or heard of it is again post-apocalyptic and uh, this kind of thing called the root has attacked earth and basically fucked everybody up and then taken mm -hmm. over um, humanity has kind of regressed a little bit to kind of it's like living in wards and that kind of thing the attacks kind of happened in I can't remember what time frame they specifically set it in but you don't have like modern tech in terms of like weaponry and stuff you do have like assault rifles but you don't have like an m4 or something it's more like an older style like you start with more of a, mm. a single shot rifle kind of thing and kind of that that more of that what are you playing it on pc okay yep um so the um so remnant 2 kind of uh playing a different character from the first one and the thing is, the the dungeon it, 
you go explore and you're basically searching for somebody and you've got you can play up a three player co-op third person shooter with some Dark Soulsisms. Difficulty is one of those Dark Soulsisms that's in the game. Um, and it's got kind of got this stuff where you are kind of reliant on loot. There is leveling up, but it's not super um, that's not super important. It's a bit more gear and a bit more skill based, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a thing where if you die and you drop your experience or anything, that's not a thing. You do keep everything you had, but you do get a marker of where you did die as just a reminder of, hey, this area is what killed you. The key important part here is also the dungeons and most of the like regular in-between dungeons is randomized. Mm. So it's a little bit procedurally generated. Certain parts aren't. And you kind of explore the world, shoot monsters, get loot, get stronger, and get new powers, get new mods, all that kind of thing. So we had um, Max Cooper on the show a couple of weeks ago from For The Players, and his way of describing it, you know, by using original games already was like Dark Souls cross yeah. Borderlands. Would you say that's an accurate way to describe it? Probably. Um, not not too far <laughs> off. Um, and keep in mind, I'm a full bottle of meat in at this, at this point, so my brain isn't function. I'm not on firing on all cylinders right now. Um, but, <laughs> right there yeah, with you. Yeah, so, so loot is a big part of the game. I think the, the Borderlands comparisons would be the loot and the, um, and, you know, the yep. leveling up and that kind of stuff. And it is guns and abilities rather than, you know, swords and sorcery with, with Dark Souls. Um, mm. So definitely on that point, but the procedural generation is, I think, the part that makes it kind of unique, and the setting itself, mm. where it is post-apocalyptic Earth, and then very quickly in Remnant 2, you leave Earth, like, super quickly, and where you end up is also partly randomised as well. So you've got the first world, it's like, okay, you've got multiple options for where you land when you, like, first leave the hub world and go to the first world. In my case, I landed on, like, a sci-fi sort of... Um, I guess sci-fi kind of works as a setting-ish, but it's kind of like past sci-fi. But I landed on, like, kind of an alien robotic ship that was supposed to go investigate a black hole and only one thing on it that was sent in that was meant to be there is still alive and gives you a mission to kind of go and, um, hey, get me access to the core so I can run the ship into the black hole. I'm like, why do you want to do... You know what? I'm just going to go with it. Sure. You can run your ship into the black hole. I don't care. I'm just not going to be here anymore. Let me go do the thing. Um, and so you go and kind of explore these areas, explore these dungeons, looking for the keys so you can reach the core and fight all these bosses and blah 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 It's a little difficult to describe because it is kind of dungeon crawling with guns and with enemies and with puzzles and all that kind of stuff. And it mm. sounds a bit generic, but there is something to this. Mm-hmm. I'm having a real good time with it. It kind of reminds me vaguely of um, Returnal, just a little bit, if that makes sense. I can see that. I can see that, I've just come onto a random point in I can see that, Um, because, again, there is procedural generation in it. If you die and return to the dungeon, it doesn't regenerate the dungeon or anything like that. It's just generated on your first go-through. But that means that my first playthrough of the game will be completely different to your first playthrough of the game. Even if it is just where these things are found, we might end up on a different first world entirely. Um, All of that kind of stuff. Um, But also, once you complete a world, you unlock that world in what they call adventure mode, which allows you to regenerate that entire world and go, fuck it, I'm doing Nerud, which was like the sort of spacey, planety thing I landed on. I'm doing this again, but regenerate it all 
repopulated with enemies, give me new loot, and and the dungeons will be all mm. refilled and completely different again. So, and you can also it looks interesting. I like you the can art also style. reroll the entire campaign if you feel like it. It's like, oh, I didn't like this Planet mm. Island on, f- or, or I'll go on a second playthrough. Like, I've already did this one as my first one. What's the other option? Reroll. Give me something different. Reroll. Give me something mm. different. Try again. So I've got some questions for you on sort of the the yeah. product because um I'm just taking a look at the reviews and it's it's either people fucking love this game and are scoring it nines out of tens or people are giving it zeros or threes yeah, and the general complaint is around optimization, um particularly on the PC yeah. reviews. Yeah. So what's what's your views on that? Definitely had optimization problems. There have been some big patches in the last two days. That hopefully okay, fix yep. it. I haven't been able to play it in those past two days because another game has had my heart and soul. So <laughs> so I haven't returned to see that. Yep. But they did have one a patch about a week and a half ago um, as well that did seem to improve it. So they are actively working on improving those. Okay, yeah, no, that's great. Because I, I might pick this one up. This looks pretty good. So that's encouraging to hear if they're working on the optimization. It is a lot of fun. And they do acknowledge the elephant in the room with Borders Gate releasing like a week after they did. Um, they actually posted yeah. on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it nowadays, Elon. Um, <laughs> but they actually posted... <laughs> um, X, Yeah, X, I guess. Um, they, they did post on... on, on that their social media, uh, the viral image that came out of the Borders Gate 3 stuff with the bear and Asterian, and uh, just like they memed mm. it and put like themselves as Asterian and Borders Gate as the bear <laughs> with just a caption, <laughs> with oh, just a go. caption with <laughs> we know. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> like they, they knew that Borders yeah. Gate was eating their lunch. I've heard that people are really loving Remnant 2, though, and for people who like the first one, it's been a sequel that's fulfilled all their expectations. So, would would you agree with that? Are you having a good time with it? Yes. So, the first one I went in with the, um, just having been told, it's difficult, you'll probably like it, it's kind of salsy with guns. That's what I went to the first one with, and I bought it long after it came out. I'd read reviews that saying it was a bit jank. Played it. First one was definitely a bit jank. Um, Mm. and that was back, that was actually back when I was still doing Twitch stuff. So there are Twitch clips of me playing that game. Um, the VODs haven't survived because it was way too long ago, but like I had a good time with it. Eventually after a bit of time with it, it was, it took a while for it to click, but once it did, I was really into it. Much like Dark Souls itself, right? Like it takes a bit for you to kind of wrap your head around what you're meant to be doing and how it works and once it does you fucking love it and i think yeah and i think i know that i know you experienced that with elden ring yourself zach mm-hmm. after much encouragement from from Lockie and myself to fucking play the damn thing <laughs> and then criticism of throwing rocks at everything but you know it is what it is um <laughs> that's all right you do exactly you. and you have the same thing here like some play styles will work you'll pick up different weapons you'll buy different weapons you'll upgrade them you figure out what works for you you've got different classes in remnant 2 that you start with i don't remember much about the first one in that regard in the second one you've got the option of four classes to start with or they call them archetypes and then after a while you can kind of unlock other ones and swap to those and once you've unlocked them they're proper unlocks so if you start a new game you've got those to work with as well Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So a bit of a roguelike sort of. Yeah, they've got they've got some yeah nice. some roguelike elements and the ability to re-roll, but it, the fact that it won't re-roll after every death because they just they do want to have that kind of sense of progression as well, and so yeah, 
I feel like that's a very hard balance to hit, and they've probably hit pretty close to the mark on that one. Like, the the second game, mm. far less janky. I mean, it has... We've already talked about optimization, but it is... It's a good time. Okay, nice. Now, yeah, do you think you've up. played enough to Damn. give you a review score, or is it still too early on? I think it's still too early on. Like, gut feel, like, early would... um Like, early feels would be... I'd probably give it around about an 8 out of 10 as, like, an early okay. gut feel. And that could change, obviously. And it's one of those games that seems to have a million things in it. Um, they even actually hid one of the subclass unlock things behind um, behind data miners because they knew that people were going to data mine their game. And then it's like, okay, <laughs> here's one of the character classes you unlock. The requirements are so fucking obscure and stupid and weird that only data miners will find this. And we're going to tell you that. Off you go. And then a data miner did figure out how it was. It was a data miner who didn't know how to code and used ChatGPT to do that, which concerns me a little bit. Mm. But um, (laughs) but also, you know, they they kind of gone. Here's a little extra thing for for the data miners to go and figure out that like a regular player won't. So, like, they kind of seem to lean into a lot of really nerdy shit as well, which means they're my people. Yeah, I, I like it. They're into the sort of meta commentary around their game, not just the game itself. That and also the whole, you know, Larry and Bear meme yeah. that they posted as well too. Um, do you have anything left to say on Remnant 2? Not at the moment. I imagine I will once I've had more time to actually play beyond the first thing. I will say if... Uh, well, I, I do have a couple of things, sorry. Very, very short ones. Screenshots I've seen of some of the different worlds because it is a multiverse travelling story. It is almost impossible to believe that they're the same game when you look at the different settings. Like, they all have the same sort of art style to it, but it's very much like they are very different biomes. I fucking love Mm. that. That's awesome. Impressively different kind of thing. That's great. Um, So, yeah, I like that. And also, some of the areas aren't, like, randomized. I got to the second, like, there's an area kind of between things that they call the labyrinth. Apparently that one isn't randomized. It's just there. And it has one of the most interesting and weird bosses I've ever fought in a video game. In that it's like... Is it the Minotaur? No, unfortunately not. Oh. It's not. Um, oh, wow. It's um, it's called the Labyrinth Guardian. It's basically a lot of cubes. Ooh, is it the Goblin King? I wish. <laughs> I, oh. wish I wish David Bowie came out and kicked the shit out of me repeatedly. <laughs> Um, but no no it's actually it's honestly it's just a bunch of cubes that are just like rolling towards you you need to like shoot weak points and try not to get squashed like if if one hits you it's a one point it's a one hit kill because it is just a cube that rolls at you Ah, Um, there's there's literally a boss in tears of the kingdom that is repeated a bunch of times that's that's exactly that let's hope they have nintendo hasn't patented that cubes (laughs) Yeah, yep. cubes. cubes right. so you well, can fight. They got it. Well, yeah. cubes are, yep, fuck. Yep, well, Nintendo's got remnant by the balls on that one. God damn it, they'll have to me. change it to hexagons or some shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they kind of... And the thing is, when you shoot a weak point that kind of damages it, it also blows a hole in that cube. So once it, so you can actually kind of use that as a hiding hole so you don't get crushed by it if, you, if it turns at oh, the right okay. spot. So it's kind of a puzzle boss, but it's kind of a really yeah. interesting. And it, that seems to be the way they're going with... Some of the bosses are like okay, quick reflexes, shoot really well, figure out their patterns real quick. And a lot of it leads to very quick deaths because it's like, uh, okay, what am I doing here? What the fuck is going on? 
Um, and everything, all of those seem to move faster than you do as well, because you are just a human carrying a bunch of guns and things. And while you seem to have the power to just resurrect, you don't really have much in the way of other things other than your class ability. While they're just like, we're monsters or we're space things or all that yeah, kind of so shit. Kind of like Jesus. I guess. Um, they do have an in-universe pseudo-explanation as well. They've got other characters who are immortal as well. Um, and no, none of the normal characters can kind of like... Uh, normal NPCs kind of understand why those characters don't die. Um, and there's basically... Can you convert water into wine? <laughs> haven't tried it. Ah, okay. This isn't Baldur's Gate. I'm curious. not allowed to try everything. Yeah, I, I'm just curious to see how far they take the Jesus stuff with it. Look, that's obviously wrong, Lockie. Bad comparison. Jesus would not struggle to carry a bunch of weapons. Everyone knows he preferred like just a handgun, like a magnum or something like that. He's, he was not one to carry an arsenal. Jesus was the biggest hippie on the planet of all, of all history. He would not be into guns and shit. He was all yeah. about peace. Yeah, exactly. Um, he would not survive Remnant. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's a time of war and fighting. Like, that's not Jesus's time. Jesus's time is saving mankind. I saw, a, I saw a meme years ago. It was so dumb. It was like just an image of Jesus there with an AK, and it was, you know, if Jesus had a gun, he'd still be alive today. And it made me chuckle. <laughs> I like, yeah, I like the it, yeah. Jesus is back and he's pissed. That's the one I like. <laughs> anyway. Remnant oh, 2, me. you're not Jesus. <laughs> that's all I have. Maybe that's an episode title. Fair enough. Well, before we get stuck into it on Baldur's Gate 3, I'll just quickly speak on a game that I've only played a little bit of, only about four hours, and that is of Atlas Fallen. And you might say, I've fallen for it. <laughs> but can you get up? Nah, I don't want to get up because I just want to drift into the dream that is Atlas Fallen. No, look, I'm good. I'm going to Atlas shrug this conversation. I'm going to look up that reference in an at- Atlas. Or so, I-, I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Atlas Fallen. I'm. I had no expectations of this game. I knew not a lot about it. I knew it was uh, being published by Koei Tecmo, AA sort of publisher. So I knew it was go- wasn't going to be a AAA kind of super polished game. And funnily enough, <laughs> it, I, I remember seeing the gameplay trailer, thinking it looked pretty cool, but also looked very similar to Forspoken. And holy shit, is it similar to Forspoken in some weird ways? You're like. You know, going through good, I hope. this open world, this sort of desert sort of environment. You have a ancient thing on your wrist that talks oh. to you. In Forspoken, it it's, it's a, a bangle watch, or something. I can't remember what they call it. In this, it's a gauntlet. And you have Nile, who's like a spirit of this weird elder people that look very much like the Na'vi from Avatar, funnily enough. It's super oh, weird. Right. Uh, and, and yeah, he sort of speaks to you and gives you advice and you got to power up the gauntlet to help you do something. I don't know. I haven't really been paying it much attention to the story because we've been oh, playing it co-op. Dear. Uh, uh, oh dear, Tears of the Kingdom has power up gauntlet hand 
features oh, as well. Shit. Nintendo's have got them by the balls. Holy <laughs> shit! Every game, they're just every they're game. Gonna, they're gonna ruin Remnant. They're gonna ruin Atlas oh, Fallen. Oh my god! There's copyright lawyers. They they're <laughs> probably they're probably salivating over all these game releases. I'm watching the trailer for this right now, and it looks cool. But also, the first thing I noticed is it was developed by Deck Thirteen, who made the Search, and I really liked the Search. Oh. Okay. The, the well, Surge? Well, they also made Lords of the Fallen, which... Ugh. But The Surge is a game that was based off what they learned from Lords of the Fallen. It's like a sci-fi Souls game. So I have some interest here, just based off The Surge oh. was good. Oh, it looks pretty. They like a Fallen, I guess, because yeah, Lords of the Fallen and Atlas Fallen. So if I can get wow. a bit more creative with your a titles, A lot of pretty peeps. games have come out this week. Well, that's the thing. Like, compared to Forspoken, I'm really enjoying Atlas Fallen. Already, I've liked it more than Forspoken. Forspoken, I noped out of very quickly. The combat's better. The world looks better and is more fun to explore. Um, they're, they're just... It's, it's clearly had a smaller budget because Forspoken was actually like a $100 million AAA title. This is just a double A title, yet they're using their budgets... In the right. Sorry, places. I'm listening to you, but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to address some of these reviews. All right. Oh boy. Okay. Look, I, I'm more than happy to. As I said, I'm only four hours in, but so far, combat. I wouldn't say it's like super in depth. It's definitely no God of War, but it it is fun, and I'm having a good time with it. It feels great. The game runs at sixty. The story's nonsense. The voice acting's not very good. Uh, like as far as visual quality, like I, I reckon it looks way better than Forspoken. It's probably like as far as you know the textures and the fidelity, it looks probably cl- closer to Elden Ring. Um, though the art direction I think in Elden Ring is a lot more unique and interesting. Though I think this world is very fun to explore. Now there's a mechanic where you glide along the sand because you have like earth powers. I guess you're like a earth person from avatar the other avatar though not the pandora one the oh the, the one by m night Shyamalan. yeah that oh, that no. one yes everyone <laughs> it's a famous m night property yeah um <laughs> yeah, the gliding on the sand i saw it and i thought oh that looks very similar to like being on a hoverboard basically like sign me up and i really no, no, really enjoy shield surfing shield surfing tears of the kingdom done <laughs> They got him. It feels really cool to to glide along the sand. I really, really enjoy it. Uh, it I feel like it needs to be a little bit faster. I hope they do upgrade it later on down the track so I can move faster. But when you're going downhill and you have that momentum, it feels really, really cool. The combat, they do some interesting things where basically you have this ascension system where you've got three tiers. The more you land hits on an enemy without getting hit yourself, you build up in momentum and you go up ascension levels. Every tier you go up, you start doing more damage. Your your weapons will change, their aesthetics will change and they'll like they'll look different uh and you'll unlock more uh special abilities and powers that you can use as well as like some boons like you'll just get extra defense when your tier gets to a certain level and that's really fun to play around with so far it's still early on so i haven't had a lot to play around with but it it seems like a cool mechanic um we've had a few issues with the multiplayer 
Hunter did get kicked in our second play se- session, um, and he did lose all of his progress, which is not great, oh, <laughs> which may be why rough. there are some review issues here, because for a game that's co-op where you can just play with one other person, it's not mm. good that your progression doesn't tie over. You really want that to do that. Or if someone jumps into your game, you want them to be given gear that will get you on the same level because the, the, the enemies don't scale. They just have like a level and you have to get your armor up to that level or you're going to have a bit more of a hard time. So is that, a case, yeah. is that a case of just going the wrong direction at the wrong time though? Or is it like literally just gates of you need to grind for a bit? No, no, there's definitely been spots where they throw an enemy where it's like, okay, you're supposed to come back to here at a certain point. Uh, But it it hasn't been like, oh, I'm coming back hours later. It's like, I'm coming back after doing like a quest or two. And the quests don't take too long to do for the most part. But yeah, look, I I think I need more time with Atlas Fallen before I can say anything else on it. But yeah, for now, Lockie, yeah, what what are those reviews saying? Sorry, I do have a couple... Oh, uh, look, people... Sorry sorry to interrupt. I do have a couple more yep, questions no. before we get to the review roundup. Just, like, yeah. when we say... And I'm, I might have completely blanked out because I was looking at the trailer and stuff, but, like, the, the core gameplay, like, what would you liken that to? Hack and Slash. I'd say, like, you know, Devil May Cry kind of a thing. Lots okay. of, like, air combos. Uh, you're, you're doing dodging. There is a parry. Uh, the parry will freeze enemies. Um, funnily enough, I actually find it easier to play one-on-one uh, single player than it is in multiplayer because and a boss's uh, uh, sort of attack pattern can just change from a, a person to person just mid attack pattern so like you all of a sudden the boss will be attacking you so it's actually kind of easy to time the parries if you're playing on your own um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, so you're parrying, you're dodging and you're doing like, like using weapons in your square and triangle Basically. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so you're looking at something like Dimly Cry, Bayonetta, sort of, um, that kind of... Very much so. Maybe Nier yep. Automata, even. Um, yeah. The other one is, is it is it just straight up open world, or is it kind of directed hubby? There, there is villages and stuff, uh, but yeah, straight up open world. You find anvils, they're like your checkpoints, and that's where you can upgrade your character, refill your yeah. health and whatnot. You do have a way to refill your health when you're in combat uh, using your idol, uh, which is very similar to like. Uh, is it Estus? Uh, is it yes. totally not Estus? It's yeah, exactly yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> but all you right. don't like it's lose all your progress if you die though, so they don't sure. really do the souls thing at all. That's the only sort of similarity. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 just just asking because it's the same. Yeah, cool. I wish to see it because it looks fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I I really don't know if it's gonna if, how how good it's gonna turn out, but so far I'm having fun with it for sure. Like it'd definitely be one to look at if it goes on special. Yeah, you give me a temporary wish list. Right, Lucky, go go ahead and blast him with the reviews. Reviews. Oh, look, just the general review. The general consensus is extremely mixed reviews. People are only playing this on PC, and it's really and it's getting like. Ah. 5.6 max people are saying that it's just a little bit it's a bit empty the storyline is apparently shit the voice acting shit um, <laughs> that's true yes and they they're like and and i think there's a there's a there's a bit there in the combat but it is a bit janky and um people are generally hoping had hope for a bit more depth to it okay a bit more under the hood i guess um so yeah it's uh it's the general 
I do have feedback. I'm here, and I'm seeing a lot of Atlas fallen jokes. Like this Atlas has truly fallen. So <laughs> you, you beat me nice. to the one I wanted Zach to directly respond to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think so, those are all yeah. fair criticisms. As I said, the story is yeah, not much to go off, and uh, uh, the the. Voice so acting it's no is bad. So Forspoken there, because that was good. Well, the thing with Forspoken is good. like, at least Forspoken was like offensively bad. The dialogue was cringeworthy and just annoying. No, no. Whereas in this, what it's just kind of like- What are you talking about? She great. had a cat called Homer, and she had to rescue the cat instead of the money in the fire. It was great. Are you saying I just moved a boulder with my freaking mind? Better than pushing it up a hill and have it roll down the hill every 30 seconds. <laughs> you know what? I actually liked the the character's, um, uh, the voice actor's delivery of that. And I actually liked that scene. I thought she, she, she nailed it. She's a great voice actress really and actress in general. She's fantastic. I, I, that's not the reason why that game is bad. But, but like, yeah, I, I, think, I think that scene gets a hard rap. I thought it was all right. Yeah. Fair E. Enough. Well, you know what I hear isn't just alright. I hear it's excellent. Baldur's Gate three, peeps. Please tell me all about it. I'm oh. so stoked to hear about this one. I, I don't know. All the wind out. The wind's gone. Like I've just run out of steam listing. <laughs> well, Andrew, it's all up to you then. Tell me, how are you enjoying Baldur's Gate three? Who are you playing? Allow me to preface this with the fact that I am incredibly biased. Um, Baldur's Gate is a series that has meant a fuck ton to me growing up. Um, like, Baldur's Gate 1, I played probably... Honestly, my memory's fuzzy on the time frames for it, but anywhere between 12 and 15 or so years old, and it's a game that indirectly led me to Dungeons & Dragons, which then indirectly led me to Pathfinder and Tabletop and board games in general. So there is a fuck ton of, like, just the series itself, means so much to me that it's kind of one of those things that's like if this game sucked then it's then there's going to be major problems and a lot of sort of mental stuff coming out of this the good news is it's mm. fucking amazing mm. and i love it oh wonderful okay um, good now i was really worried no. for a second you were gonna say oh it's not it's you know shit. it's just not no. hitting the mu- yeah it's not exactly <laughs> like Baldur's gate 2 i no, that one sucked was, i was very quickly a case of okay it's not going to be like the first two games because a it's been 20 years plus since borders gate 2 in terms of just development slash real world it's just been that kind of time obviously gaming has evolved since then and i probably wouldn't want it to be borders gate 2 plus a bit of shiny Right. Yeah, for for sure, for the better, I'd say. I could never get into Baldur's Gate. I always wanted to. I always tried, but it was just too loose. It was yeah. just too like you, you just constant micro manage managing absolutely everything. A hundred, a hundred percent, and I, I fully agree with you. Like in terms of like the modern, that kind of game just can't really hang anymore because they really went yeah. and tried to turn D and D into a real time game, and it didn't quite work but it was as good as we yeah. had back in the time because i mean yeah. and i did more recently back when i was still streaming i did replay borders gate one in the enhanced edition on that i started borders gate two and didn't get through that just because life um so i watched like a, a recap for the story for myself so going into borders gate three was one of those that's like okay if there was a studio that there, there were two studios 
in like modern gaming times that I would trust to make a sequel to a game that means so much to me. Larian Studios is one of them. Obsidian's the other. Mm. We got Larian Studios. They'd made Divinity Original Sin and Divinity 2. And that's kind of what they used to, to kind of point out to Wizards of the Coast. Hey, we've got the skills to do this. Please let us do Borders Gate 3 and got the license from it. And that's where they kind of went. I never finished yeah. the first two Divinity 2 game, the first two Divinity games. I didn't even get that far mm. in. But I'm just like, I love these. This is great. Just didn't find the time. Yeah. Borders Gate, by setting and by timing, it's one that's just like, it's grabbed me by the balls. And I've played pretty much nothing. With the occasional delve into Remnant because I needed something a bit more action-y. How fucking good is the story? I'm right. still in Act 1, but it's been oh. fucking brilliant. And I will point out that I bought it day one of Early Access, played it for probably about 30 to 40 hours then, and then didn't touch it from that point until release. There's been a lot yeah. of not remembering things or things having changed and well there's like yeah there's a whole so bunch much. of new content like it, even revisiting it because i played through the patches uh, a, a shit ton and there's still major changes around a lot of the stuff where you're like oh so they went with that oh that's fun like it's kind of it, it feels like a little bit of a journey at certain points but then they just completely throw a spanner in the works like the whole the whole plot line around sort of the mind flayer parasite yeah. and your and your ascendant you know that 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 divine being completely different character this time around and i'm like when is there going to be that dark turn and no spoilers but like i'm i'm getting in there and i'm feeling like well i don't even think there's really going to be a, a dark turn i think this person might actually be legit but i still don't know and that's the amazing part about this game where it has me completely guessing and on the hook with these major threads with the overarching plot. And then it'll throw you into these bullshit, insane fantasy quest issues out of nowhere. Um, it, it's incredible. It really feels like, and I mean, we'll, 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 in a moment we'll pull back and explain what the game even is for those who haven't paid mm. attention or been living <laughs> under a rock, I guess, game-wise. Um, so, but But... It does really feel like I'm sitting at a D&D table with a really, really, really good GM who manages to surprise me at every turn. Like, Baldur's Gate 3 is the DM I wish I could be. Mm. Just, like, ready for anything. And it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. And, and incredibly well-voice-acted and written. Um, characters sound... Um, characters will grab you like um even side characters there's this um there's this tiefling woman that you meet early on that's um that's a bard and she's grieving over her her teacher that passed in a recent battle um and like yeah you you see her throughout and you're like fuck that's a great character i love her i wish i could make her my companion Hint, hint, Larian. But, <laughs> yeah. There's some characters where you're like, why didn't they make them a companion? But also that shows how completely, like, different yeah. your playthroughs can end up from each other because I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can... This is the thing. And I think the game is endless because I'm finding just because of the sheer volume of content alone, I, I'm the type of person in those Larian games where I explore every inch and every corner, and you just can't do that in these types 
of uh, this game in particular you can't explore at all because as soon as you get out of the first sort of zone or map or area you realize there are many 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 more maps that are just as big and dense with as much content to explore and do as this and you will need so much time you'll need so you can't do this working and having a life i'll just say it first you can't have a full-time job and play this game like you know to to completely explore everything and every inch and every corner i don't think it can be done but i will give it my damnedest to have a good go at it (laughs) oh yeah this one will have me captured for a while but i i do have to say like i've gotten to a point where i'm no longer exploring everything and i'm like I'm I, I'm into the story and I just want to start progressing the story and, and figuring out where I need to go. But there's just still endless content that I could choose to explore at any moment. Yeah, um, maybe it, yeah. Let's, let's pull Enormous. back and explain what it even is um, for, for, for those, before we go much further. <laughs> okay. So um, it is... So Battle's Gate 3 is a video game. It is a video game. You click what? things and stuff happens. Um, yes. So... Uh, at its core it is okay obviously it's a sequel but don't have to worry too much about the first two games because they're that they're they're that old as we mentioned before 20 years plus old that like I think there are some there are definitely some direct ties like some fan service and I will cream myself when I come across that stuff but like you you don't need it to play the game they were developed Um, by Bioware right those ones were like or Black Isle which became Bioware there you go. Wow. So like I didn't back, know that. Back in the day. Oh. I think that... I believe wow. so. I will double check that in a moment. Um, but So what you're looking at is a top-down tactical RPG. And I mean RPG in the crunchiest sense of it. In that it is... Combat is turn-based. You are playing a role-player thing. It is a... As direct a translation of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition to a video game as you can probably get nowadays. Um, with the exception that they actually make rangers playable and fun, which is something that not even 5e could manage to do. Wizards did make some <laughs> issues in 5th Honestly, I've moved away from 5th edition. I'm moving back to Pathfinder, but that's more of a, <laughs> that's more of a Hasbro Wizards of the Coasts um, license thing. And Pathfinder yep. being more what I played on tabletop to begin with. That's a separate conversation. Yeah, but there's nothing, there's nothing less fun. If you're a ranger character and you have an animal companion, right? In oh, 5e, God, the way the yeah. rules are set, Bad. you need to either decide if your companion is doing an action, as in fighting, or you are. Yeah. You can't be I, both. you got to decide between the two each and every time. Yeah, they fixed that in Are Baldur's you having Gate. fun yet? Yeah, they fixed that in Baldur's Gate 3. So- <laughs> yeah, they fixed that because they said that's terrible and no one will ever play the fucking ranger. Yeah, or just yeah. So, so as 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 a core concept, so the game the game opens with there's an attack on the city of Baldur's Gate from um, what appears to be a spaceship. It is a high high fantasy game, but like you know, there, there is some tech to it, um, and it's by these sort of alieny Cthulhu-y creatures called Illithids or Mind Flayers. And what mm. they do is, like, you're on their ship, you've been captured, like, prior to the start of the story, and they insert in you what they call a tadpole, and they put this, it's like this weird sort mm. of wormy thing that they put in your eye. It's fucked up. And it goes... It's very graphic. It's this very, game is it, very gooey. It's, it's very scary and gross and dark and Absolutely scary. not for children, this game. Um, so yeah, we'll, 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 so it, it gets violent. It gets um, it gets spicy. It's also very horny. Yeah, it gets spicy it's and very horny and sexual and gooey and dark and bloody 
and violent and gooey and alien. Yes. And tentacle. Lots of tentacles. Lots of tentacles. Um, but yes, in this <laughs> intro, they kind of, you get infected with what they're calling the tadpole. And it's basically this kind of worm thing that normally, in, in the case, in the word, in a couple of days, you become a mind flare, which is basically just a Cthulhu brain-eating monster thing. For whatever reason, and it's a mystery and you uncover it as you play on, I assume, um, you're not being turned super quickly. Yourself and your party members are all infected with this illithid mind flare tadpole, and you're basically trying to find a cure for it. That's how this whole thing starts. Not really a spoiler, it's literally the introduction to the game. The, the first, the tutorial section is you trying to get off this mind flare ship while it is being attacked by devils in hell. Or um, Avernus, the first layer of hell in in the D and D setting. Yeah, no, it is fucking cool. It's, um, it's brilliant. It's got so much going on, and it, yeah, like for me, for me, I, I've only I've only started getting into D and D over the last couple of years, so uh, I I know a bit about it now. But but like you know, from an outsider looking into D and D, it. What what this game represents is something very different, which is not normally what you expect, which is a whole lot of Star Wars, Cthulhu, Eldritch Horror, space weirdness, um, also mixed with hell and, and, you know, throw a couple of mystery gods in there and you got yourself a party. It really hits home the, the point that in something like D&D or any tabletop role-playing game thing, I don't want to restrict it to D&D too much, though this is yeah. official D&D setting, of course, but like yeah. you can do whatever the fuck you want in these kind of tabletop things. And even like the rule books, like who, if the GM allows it, then you can do something that kind of goes against the rules as well. Mm. Obviously, for a video game, that doesn't really translate, so they've done their job, their, their best job of trying to kind of um, hit a nice balance of fun versus what the rules specifically say versus what works as a video game thing. And so, yeah, you start with this crazy, like, sort of hell-flying, hell spaceshipy Cthulhu monster. What the fuck? I need to get out of here. I don't even know what's even really happened to me. What the fuck is an Illithid? What is this tadpole? Yeah. Why do I have powers? Um, I'm I'm just a dwarf wizard. What do you want with me? Kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. The whole D and D stuff that usually is the core of your character, and oh, this is my character in this start, and we've I've studied in the arcane arts. It all feels extremely small very quickly. On you yeah. feel very like oh wow that uh, you're you're you thought you were super powerful and this awesome cool being. You're you're like the maggot on the rung of the cosmic world around you and what's going, everything that's occurring. Exactly. It's very, yeah. Humbling. It, it's, it's very humbling. <laughs> exactly. It's humbling, which is kind of the opposite effect of the usual power, power fantasy with those sort of games. You know, the, the direct contrast that comes to mind for me, I saw half, and that's the reason why I only saw half of it, the, the new Dungeons & Dragons movie that came out. I've seen starring it. Chris Pine. I've seen the whole thing. Yeah. Good movie. A lot of fun. <sighs> it's got good moments. <laughs> it's uh, it's got good moments. That but, eye roll like, was it's very palpable. Yeah. I saw the original. I saw the first D movie, and that was awful. So maybe off the back yeah. Of that. So you stand it's yeah. You 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 take what you can. That's the thing. You take what you can get. Hey, uh look. I liked the paladin moments, and I liked um, the paladin was great. Hugh Grant. He was excellent. But everything else, I kind of. Uh, I kind of noped out of very quickly. The entire relationship with the the thief and his daughter was just complete 
fucking boredom to me. Um, sure. Yeah. And they kept going back to it. And I, after a while, about halfway through, they, I'm like, oh, okay, so this is going to be completely the core of this story. Yeah. I'm done. Fair, fair enough. He also does, like, nothing the whole movie. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's just the face. He's just yeah. maxed out charisma. Um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's the bard. And at one point, he, he plays a song. Yeah. But he doesn't cast a single bard spell. He doesn't, do, he doesn't even use inspiration. Um, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, he just wants his family back, and he can't communicate openly with his daughter. Yeah. I, I find though, though, I find that conflict so frustrating when when writing is based around just lack of communication. There has to be more to it the, to to keep me interested. The real star of that movie was the barbarian, who is played by Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, she was very good. She's the best. She's very good. And fans of of Auntie Donna will know that they had a cameo in that film as well too. Fun. Oh, really? I. Yeah, they did the voices of, like, some, like, zombies or d- oh, some dead okay, characters right. or some I shit. I can think of the exact characters that would yeah, have been actually the scene where they did raise the dead and they were investigating. The yeah. It would have been, oh, yep, of course it was, because that was the fucking funniest shit in that movie. Anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? I hated the I hated the main story and the main characters. I loved the supporting cast. I loved all their meandering moments. It was just the main story that I couldn't stand. <laughs> That's standard D&D, though. They... <gasps> wow. It was the D&D movie in the purest form. Oh, my God. It was genius. But speaking of right. D&D, we are yeah, talking we'll about back. Baldur's we'll Gate 3 now. Sorry, Zach. Andrew, you mentioned earlier that Baldur's Gate 3 has you by the balls. And it has the, the wider Baldur's. gaming community by the balls as well, too. Baldur's Gate 3, in a, on its launch weekend, had a concurrent player record of 814,666 players, which puts it in the top 10 of Steam's concurrent players of all time, right behind... Hogwarts Legacy, and in front of Goose Goose Duck, which I've never fucking heard of. Um, You know, you have things like Elden Ring above it, Cyberpunk, Dota 2, Lost Ark, Counter-Strike, and PUBG. So, I don't know how it stacks up against Goose Goose Duck, but it definitely (laughs) kicks Hogwarts Legacy's (laughs) ass in terms of, like, side quests and characters and writing. I looked up Goose Goose Duck. It's basically Among Us with geese and ducks. Um, ah. Oh well, that's deserved then. <laughs> Look, I don't like Among Us, and I've never played it, and never will. However, Goose Goose Duck has ducks in it, so I might ever yeah. play that. At yeah, some you point. don't have it's a choice, ducks. Andrew. There's a rule Look, everyone's played the game, play the game Duck Duck Goose. Um, <laughs> you should play. It's ducky. it's a universal, yeah, universally relatable thing. Look, look, look. What are you getting at, Zach? What are you getting at? <laughs> I think it needs to be said, like, already just being in the top 10 concurrence of all time is just a massive achievement for... But for a tactical RPG, that is just absolutely insane. And it's a credit to Larian Studios. People are just obsessed with this to the point where normally... I don't think this would be the kind of game that I would pick up, but I'm just so intrigued by the story and just the options that you have to tackle it and to to enjoy this world. I think when it comes to PS5, I'm going to pick it up. So shout out to Anthony and Jaden. Lads, I need a crew. Come on, let's fucking go. If they ever implement crossplay, Zach, ping me. Let's go. 
because I I have I've I've got three solo playthroughs already planned, <laughs> and I've got a multiplayer playthrough currently in progress. I guess quote unquote on progress with the rest of the inconsolables, where we're just doing dumb shit the whole way through. This is a game <laughs> that I'm gonna play. I'm gonna be playing Lazel. I'm gonna be calling your Istic a lot. If this this game is so immense that it can actually support that many playthroughs and it's one of those where like look uh, after a bit of time and i've experienced this many times in the past you know turn base and strategy does become a bit tiresome that's why i've planned ahead by grabbing you know these actiony games at the same point right like i've got remnant 2 that i'll play when i need to do things i've got diablo 4 if i need to just mindlessly click demons and watch them explode for a bit and at the end of the month we've got armored core 6 coming out so i think for the rest of the year and well into next year i am set i've still got to finish street fighter 6 as well so like, <laughs> I am good for games for a long time. Borders Gate three, well, at least up until up until Nintendo's copyrights kick in, and then we won't have any other games. Except from <laughs> I'm trying my best to not think about that eventuality, <laughs> yeah. because I found most of Nintendo's first person stuff has been either really bland or good for about two hours, and then really bland. So yeah, it drops off. Hey, yeah, it drops off hard. Like I, <laughs> I've I haven't finished the Pokemon game, like the new Pokemon game, which I picked up purely because you were saying the ending was great. It is great, and I can't get past the open world, no frame rate bullshit to get there. Yeah, <laughs> I've got it. Yeah. I've got Bayonetta three. I got it at the same time as like as a Christmas present, and I haven't launched it because I was using that as a carrot on a stick to get through Pokemon. I, I don't know where my Switch is. I don't know where in my apartment my Switch is. I don't blame you. Your experience is consistent with the world's take on that game. Um, if, you can, if you can get past it, the game is brilliant. The problem is I struggle to get past that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can't get past it, you can't get past it, and I yeah. understand. But if you can... Yeah, if you can see... Yeah. If you can let your eyes go cross-eyed and sort of see the magic picture in between in between what is in front of you, it is brilliant. Andrew, it is totally fair that you're not comfortable with it because this game, for the majority of the time, runs at about 15 frames per second. <laughs> How many frames yeah. per second does Baldur's Gate run at on your <laughs> PS... Your PC? Fuck. Zach is your trying... PSC. Zach is trying so hard to keep us on the rails. Thank you so much. Um, I'm struggling because I'm, pr- I'm pretty drunk right now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm <laughs> a bottle and a half of meat in, so I'm trashed. <laughs> I'm going to be fucked tomorrow. Um, but uh, honestly, um, it runs pretty well on my PC, generally. Um, mm. So I, I will hit anywhere between 50 and 70, 75. I am running on a PC that is about, for most parts in this PC, are uh, five plus years old. Uh, then I do have a, um, a GTX 3070 in this PC, but everything else is five or so years old. The hard drive's mm. older than that, even. So generally, it's running pretty well. I have turned it down from Ultra and stuff because I'm also trying to run all that like, older technology on a 4K monitor as well. Mm-hmm. So I've turned the graphics down. It runs generally okay. I've had no crashes, no issues with that. I know some players have. Paul, um, who helped me form the Inconsolables Inconsol- to begin with. Shout in out. Particular. Yep, shout out to him. Who is, is He's kind of left the pod because his own thing. But... Um, 
he's been having a lot of technical issues with this game. He's had a lot of um, the game crashing on him. Um, oh, but shit. it sounds like he's been, as far as I can tell from basically my own my own um, uh, experience plus what I've seen on the internet, he seems to be in the minority on that one. Yeah, um, I haven't had any crashes. Um, although I I do remember when I tried playing the game in Vulcan, I like Larian always gives Vulcan as an option, but I find Vulcan is very crash heavy. Um, so I've sort of learned with Larian games to stay away from their Vulcan offering and just stick to the pure DX whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm I haven't had any issues at all. I think it runs pretty well considering like the the game looks absolutely gorgeous if you do put on the max settings, but they have enough customization. They give you they give you both DLSS and AMD F- FSR offerings, which is wonderful. I always love when games include both can't stand it when games include one or the other and then even worse when some games don't include it at all yeah. uh yeah it it's great i i will shout um, out one thing one extra thing to the settings mm. is they put a side by side of what it even means like if you're going through the graphics and you don't like this graphics detailed settings and don't know what like mm. oh what does this mean what does this mean they'll put oh, a yeah. paragraph yes. of what it they, they put a paragraph yeah, of that. what it means, but even aside from that, because it's like, okay, this could mean anything. Like, okay, sure, you've said words. But they also put a screenshot of a side-by-side of what it looks like with X thing. In, this one, yeah. Like, okay, uh, say say we'll go with detail, texture, texture detail, right? What it looks like with ultra, what it looks like with high, medium, low, and a screenshot of them all side-by-side so you can, like, make the informed decision. Mm. Do I want to take this performance hit for the higher thing or do I want to hit the frame rate and go for the lower thing? It actually shows you what it looks like which i think should and there's a lot of developers at the moment we can come back to this point later saying this game's an anomaly and it is in a lot of ways but this is one thing i would love to see become standard is a screenshot of what your fucking game looks like if i turn the setting Mm. down Mm. yeah it's it's definitely what you want in the settings just to show you um it's not even difficult you're spending so much it's not difficult i'm a code monkey it is not hard to put an image on a screen Oh, it's not hard to press the screenshot button, copy and paste, and do that a couple of times. You know, st- fucking snip it onto your bloody paint. Yeah. Save it. You're done. You're done. done. You got done. your PNG. You're, it's ready you're, to you're load in Your game is there. a little bit bigger now, but you've got a screenshot that shows people what this setting does to your game. How is that difficult? Yeah. It seems like, conceptually, yeah. it seems like something that a lot of people wouldn't have thought of to begin with. Sure. Now that we've seen it happen in the wild, standard, please. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's uh, excellent. Oh, nice. All right. Well, well <laughs> yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 has taken you two by storm. It's taken the world by storm. I'm going to take it by storm in September when it comes to PS5, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, lads. It, Do we it, have it anything will take you by today? storm. Um, it's it's one of those games where there's so many things you can do. like honestly mm-hmm. aside from like the stories and the and the party options and the um and like on PC mod support of course um, I've seen plenty of mods that are just like oh make make the art like you know the um, cool looking armor or add in more stuff from the D and D books that they didn't use in the core game and all that kind of stuff yeah. um, and then and then someone's made the big penis mod because of course they did. Um, but like, you know, so, so many freaking mods and a lot of, a lot of just crazy options, but 
there's so much in the base game that I, I would say play the first playthrough unmodded even mm. just the amount of crazy bullshit you can do and I can all, I can a, a million percent guarantee my playthrough so far has been 100% different from Lockie's aside mm. from the fact that we both have a tadpole in our heads <laughs> yeah like and I know you mentioned um, Lockie that you were playing a dwarf I'm also playing a dwarf just oh there you go yeah because because for some reason they decided no short people in the poor in in the core party members that you can recruit yeah well that's the thing Uh, that was my sort of thing i wanted it to be a bit different but also the dwarf's the most built one he's the hottest so i'm happy i just like dwarves and my username of cowguard came from me playing a dwarf back in world of warcraft so it's just like okay sure i'll be a dwarf all right so so what you do uh, there's there's an (laughs) There's an elixir of of um, Colossus, which can have your dwarf character. If he drinks it, he'll stay enlarged with the spell enlarge wow. um, until he goes to to sleep. So uh, you can have your big dwarf. Oh, uh, I don't need a. And he's and he's. I don't need to be a big dwarf though, because I am. He doesn't a need wizard. to be big. He's beautiful the way he is, but you can make him big and. I think that's awesome that the game lets you do that. Well, that is cool. I am a wizard, though, so just dropping fireballs on people's heads is also funny. <laughs> so I'll just be this little dude who just like, oh, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? What the fuck are you going to do? You are now on fire. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. even, like, in combat, the tactical options are ridiculous. Like, we see lots of people just, you can throw anything at anything. Mm. Um, yeah. Just like pick up, like I, I've seen clips on TikTok of people doing dumb shit. Like someone picked up a small child and threw them at a bear. Um, <laughs> any game that allows you to do that is highly rated in my books. I'm sorry, just because of stupidity. Um, you can throw barrels at shit. I've been throwing. I haven't. Been, I've been throwing weapons at things, fireballs, yeah. the usual kind of stuff. It's there's just so much freedom. The only I have only one gripe with this game. The one negative thing is the controls for trying to do the multi-level combat are almost non-existent. Um, what does that mean? So, uh, I had a I had a character trying to I, I I used like a spell of fly on one of my party members, so yeah. you can, like fly around and like go up and get the high ground so that you can like shoot from up there and then you know get your advantage on your enemies. Yeah, but trying to get the camera to go to the spot I want so that I could tell him to go up rather than yeah. just sideways is yeah. like, oh, so just doesn't work. Mm. There just needs to be a button that is like, go up. And zooming out on the camera doesn't solve it. Yeah. <laughs> and going to mm. tactical mode, just straight up top down, doesn't solve it. There is no solution in game for this yet. Yeah, their camera movements, particularly around sort of, if you play it with a controller... Um, that's what I'm doing. It, it, it's better than it was in beta, but it's still quite clunky. Yeah. Um, particularly, particularly for like world navigation and traversal, and even like just trying to select fucking items and getting the right item. Um, sure, you can press left and right and it cycles through what's in front of you, but it's not intuitive. So yeah. it won't cycle through what's left and right. It'll do it seemingly at random, and <laughs> like you, you don't know where it's going when you're cycling through it. It's quite yeah yeah i've been on mouse and keyboard and for like 
collecting and interacting with items. You can hold the alt key to kind of um, show everything that's interactable nearby, and then you can yeah, kind of do that. I, I miss that a lot. That doesn't help for China to be like, I want you to go up to this platform. That doesn't help at all, and there's no mm. real way to solve that one. I actually had to mm. reload a save because I had someone in gaseous form go down a cliff when I wanted to go just around a thing. So I need to reload yeah. a save just so I could get back the camera back to where I wanted it to be. It's mm. a little rough on that one, but that's the only issue I've had with this game. Wow. I, d- I dare say Pokemon Sleep has recorded me in gaseous form a uh, few times. Uh, I mean, me too. That's for sure. <laughs> It's like the best part of it, recording the farts. Let's go. Love yep. it. Those farts would have just been wasted and lost to the Sandman forever. Yeah. Like farts in the rain. <laughs> like a fart in a tornado. <laughs> Lads, we... <laughs> we've talked a lot about Baldur's Gate 3 and it sounds like a fantastic title I am absolutely sold and it sounds like everyone is sold as well do we have anything left to say on Baldur's Gate 3? no get on it if you haven't already mm-hmm. there's a lot that can be said about it but I don't think any of it would be coherent at this point <laughs> well look I you know, there's a lot in that game, so I'm sure there'll be more on Baldur's Gate 3 in the coming weeks. But for now, that'll do us for news to reviews for another week. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It is always a lot of fun. I love it when we do these Saturday night recordings and things get a little bit messy. It always makes for an entertaining episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, and I think it's more a lot bit messy at this point. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, if you can manage, please <laughs> remind the people where they can find all the content that you put out on the internet. So, inconsolables on, on all of the podcasting places, you know, Apple, Spotify, all that kind of thing. Basically the same place you find a new user reviews. Inconsolables AU on X slash Twitter slash fuck you Elon, I'm calling what I feel like um, that place where you hit buttons and things happen. Um, we also do have a Discord server where you can... Is it Parler? Parler, maybe. It could be, if you want it to be. MySpace, it's MySpace. We'll go to MySpace. Um, go so hard to Tom while we're in MySpace. Um, we, we do have a um, Discord server as well, so check that out. That's typically where the, the three of us kind of are the most sort of active in terms of internet stuff. And if you're into wrestling, we run wrestling watch parties every Thursday night to watch AEW. So come along for that if you want some banter and watching dumb people do dumb shit. So, Let's go. Great. You can uh, all cry together about WrestleQuest being delayed. Yeah, we're not that worried. We, get to, we still get to watch wrestling. There you go. Well, good. look. Yeah. Check out the Inconsolables. They're amazing. There's a reason why we collaborate with them all the fucking time. It's because they're I'm wonderful people. I'm usually sober when I record that too. What? I'm usually sober when I record that too. <laughs> Keywords usually. <laughs> I'm not usually sober when we record a podcast together and I wouldn't have it any other way. Peeps, if you want to leave us a rating and review, please do that. But, you know, do whatever you want to do. It's your life. I'm not the boss. But it would help us. 
Yeah. <laughs> Lockie, do you have any final words of wisdom for us? Uh, I got no creative juice left in me. I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Roll a d20. Roll a d20. When, when a life hands you d1s, make d1 lemonade. I don't know. <laughs> While you're juicing that D1, please take care of yourself and take care of one another. Uh. (laughs) Jesus. You were allegedly disappointed with a segue of mine last week, and then that. <laughs> we need to um, <laughs> the nighttime, the nighttime ones definitely the um level of creativity is lower. I mean, he's got gin in him. I mean, g- give him a break. Yeah, gets a pass. Gin, gin, gin is pass. in him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, but like, I'd ex- uh, I'd at least hope that it'd be a bit raunchier. That's the trade off. <laughs> All right, I'll take my shirt off the rest of impressions. Let's go. Oh, perfect. There we go.